0: Okay, so looking forward to hear a word from Dan and what he has to share with us. It's a nice nice to have someone come and, and just um, yeah share their heart and what God's put on put on their heart. And I really believe this will be quite a significant um, and timely word for us as a church. So um, no pressure, Dan, but you know sure, God's going to speak through you, hey. <laughs> right. So yeah, it's up good. you come, hey. We're not too formal here, so um, yeah, I might just pray first, and then we'll let you at it. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We just thank you. Um, we thank you that the, the gift Compassion Australia is to children all around the world, and we thank you that we can be part of it in such a, a, a simple way, Father. So we just pray that, um, you know, as Dan uh, d- does his work in ministry around the country, that you will continue to stir the hearts of many people to give generously um, to compassion so that children around the world uh, would not only uh, be, be free from poverty, but that they would also um, hear about you, Jesus, that they would have their lives transformed. Transformed and changed um, by the power of the gospel. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Annette, and thank you so much, family as well. Um, and just getting to get to know Annette and her family as well. They've just always been so welcoming to me personally. But also, thank you, church, for partnering with compassion in so many different ways. And. Uh, I love getting a chance to travel around and hear the different stories of people that have sponsored kids or have seen the impacts. Oh, I got this letter or I had a chance to go visit my kid overseas or I've seen the impacts because, um, you know, it can be really, uh, we live in a very hopeless world at the moment, don't we? And so, you know, the heartbeat of the church and the gospel is the hope for salvation, yeah. And so it's that relationship, it is about the person of Jesus. That's really the only hope that there is. And so I mentioned the three C's of compassion. I'll tell you what that is. We talk about three C's and you think, well, what's compassion? Compassion is set up, it's around these 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 three key things and they're conveniently all C's. Christ-centered. We're always going to be about Christ. He's the center point. Um... We're always going to be focusing on kids and seeing the impacts of pouring into kids. and So that's through things like sponsorship as well as, um, you know, compassion having a chance to work in uh, in kids' ministries around the world. But, and this is uh, what well, I wanted to come to, the, to this evening, was around the church. And so the third C is that compassion is church-based. And that means that compassion's work is always through. It's why you're hearing about it now. Um, and every kid that's in a, in a Compassion Project on the World. It's part of a local church. I think of it as like a kids' ministry on steroids, basically. It's just like a lot of kids, but they're all part of that local church, so they're all getting, getting to hear about church. So, and Paul talks about this in Ephesians. So, in terms of a scripture, uh, if you want to turn, and again, it's my Bible, so I I should have just put my Bible in my bag before I left, but uh, in fi- verse 15 to the end of chapter 1, Paul uh gives a prayer for the Ephesian church. And it's this beautiful message of, of really a picture of really where he's going to go for the rest of the book in talking about the church. Um, but we can read this out together. And For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. Remembering you in my prayers... Think of this as even as a a word, Lord, this evening for you, to your community, to your church. I kept asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope. There's that word to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people, and his incomparably great power. For all of us, for all of us to who believe, for for us who believe. And then we're going to jump down uh, to verse 20, uh, 21 or 22. This is the last verse of the uh, last two verses of the chapter. Um, And this is where he introduces the church. He says, and God placed all things under his feet. He's talking about Christ. God placed everything under his feet and appointed him, Christ, to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Amen. This is this introduction. Paul gives these really big lofty, he goes into this whole prayer. So really this prayer that end of that chapter. And he's praying for these uh, Philippians and these or the Ephesian people, and he's calling them together, to saying, You're part of the church. This is about God's Christ's body in us. And we don't think about that all the time. Sometimes we're sitting in a former media room. Uh, and we're thinking, oh, am I really, but you're actually a part of God's global body, His church, community gathered together. And so I just had really kind of three things that stuck out to me. I've been doing a bit of a study over the last few months in the book of Ephesians. So some of these things, and this is not just in these verses, but it's kind of over the book of Ephesians as a well. whole. So I encourage you after this, that perks your interest or something, go home and read Ephesians, read into this, and see what Paul's saying in here. The first one being that. The church is God's plan A, and there is no plan B. You guys have heard that. You guys have heard that phrase before. The church is, you know, the plan A. And there is no plan B. The church is God's plan A. It's not like an afterthought. Um, and uh, you know, Paul spends about three. We know that Paul spent about three years with these guys, and he spent you know, a majority of the Book of Ephesians is going over how it. What does it mean to be the body of believers? How to work together? Spends a lot of time on this. It's not just like an afterthought. He wants them to get this because he's he's saying, "Hey, look, the church isn't just a good idea. The church isn't just another thing to do. The church isn't just you know whatever a way we can come together and eat food, which is great. <laughs> but there's a heartbeat of a, a, a community called of faith to demonstrate the the uh, essentially the work of the cross in our in our world. That's the body of Christ. You guys ever heard that phrase that skin in the game? We got a few." Rugby fans, if you're skin in the game, I like to say that Christ has skin in the game when it comes to the church. Uh, And an analogy of this, a story uh, that I like to tell is that um, a friend of mine was on a plane. I know it's a bit dated. Sorry, appreciate that. Um, But he was he was coming back from Israel, so it was very. And you you guys have noticed like the stuff that's been going on in Israel last lately. It's been volatile, so it was. A few years ago, um, but it was still you know, a bit tense, and so they checked the bags, they did all their checks in the checks of the bags really great. You know, we used to fly on planes and check bags, <laughs> it's weird, it's crazy, it's like ancient history. And but as you're about to leave, they're on the plane, they're on the runway, and he's and my friend sees the security guards running out from the terminal, running up onto the gangplank to get onto the plane to board the plane. And he's thinking, Oh, you know, he's in Israel, he's thinking. You know, him and his wife are there. It's a bit tense. He's like, oh no, what's happening? So he says to the stewardess, I said, I want those security guards to just check our bags, like, why are they getting on the plane? She said, No, 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 it's okay, sir. Calm down, calm down, it's okay. <laughs> it's actually a standard procedure for every flight of ours that leaves Tel Aviv. The security guards that check the luggage are the same guards that fly on the plane.
0: <laughs>
1: That's skin in the game.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: because if they didn't do their job right,
0: they're responsible. Yeah. They're gonna
1: they're gonna be the first to know about it. And that's how Christ feels about the church. It's his bride. Paul talks about it in Ephesians as being the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, the demonstration of Christ on this earth. It's not just an afterthought. The church, the collective congregation of God's people, is, is his body. He's got skin in the game. It's the plan A. There is no plan B. Second point that sticks out to me, and this was this one kind of is that little part of the Holy Spirit that could be kind of pointing into us, reaching into us, is that the church, you know, um, we there's there's only so much we can grow in spiritual maturity without a collective body of people. Yeah? Um, I'll, I'll jump ahead uh, to verse uh, chapter 4. So chapter 4, the beginning of chapter 4, you'd think it'd be easier to jump ahead. Oh, okay, On my phone, it is. I found it. Figured out how to jump ahead on my phone. Go figure. Uh, in chapter four, verses one and two, just listen to what Paul read, or says. Uh, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. We'll just stop there for a moment. You guys ever heard those verses before? Few of you, you might. It's kind of really common. It's pretty. Sounds like pretty verses. But let me ask you something. Why would Paul be encouraging us to be patient if there aren't people that can be annoying or that we have to be long-suffering with? I have a family. I've got four young kids. They're beautiful. I, I didn't show you a picture, but they're on my phone. You can ask me later to see my picture. I've got a, a 12-year-old, a girl, my 9-year-old boy, and then who's my oldest boy, and then a 4-year-old. And then actually we have a 2-year-old too, a new 2-year-old. Um, so it's busy. It's a busy household, um, and but it's lovely. and full of life, full of joy. Let me tell you, it's a lot of work sometimes. It's a lot of work. Parents in the room, you guys understand. There's a beauty though of when you're a parent. There's something like there's a calling to when we, we we bear with one another in love. There's a richness. There's a fullness of relationship. We can't get any other way, guys. This isn't a shortcut. And so I would really encourage us as the body of Christ to really say, okay, well, what is my visible collective community of the body? And how am I actually serving that body? Am I being patient and long-suffering with one another? Paul's calling this is unity and maturity is what this kind of chapter is themed on. But it's just in the first few words there, you're thinking, well, why do I need to be humble and gentle? Why do I need to be patient? Why do I need to be bearing with one another in love? Can I say that we've heard it? We, we need each other. We actually need each other's problems. We actually need each other's problems. We need each other's um, challenges because that is fullness. That's, and when I say fullness, I'm talking about contentment. I'm talking about happiness. I'm talking about joy. I'm talking about life. Like, what better is a, a, is a house with a bunch of young kids and noise full of life? There's a welcome there. Um, but it takes work, it takes work, guys. Um, the last little, the last little, uh, point, I suppose that stuck out to me from Ephesians and it's, it's referenced in that, in, in the, that first passage we read in chapter one, um, is that the church is really the only hope for the world. The church, you think about it, you might be a bit scared to think, oh, wow, us sitting in this room, this is the only hope for the world, but it's true. The church, this is only a small part of what God's doing across the globe, but the church is God's heart for the world. You might ask me, Dan, why do you work for compassion? Why do you care about compassion? You know, I've seen you before, you talk about compassion, what's this all about? Well, compassion is, is literally just the vehicle. Um, I'm very happy to say, and anyone in compassion is very happy to say, compassion could fall over tomorrow. It's the church of Christ that's gonna remain. Compassion used to be working in a country like India. Um, it was uh, when Modi, Modi, the prime minister or whatever, took over kind of power. He's very uh, yeah nationalistic. So he basically made anybody that was giving money to anything outside of the country, they, they, they weren't allowed to do that. So it was over this few years process. But essentially, Compassion was kicked out of India a lot of other Christian organizations. Sad. It was a sad story. I had a sponsored child that was in India. Maybe some of you might have as well. The hope of that story and the reason I'm telling you that is because it's the church of India, the church, God's collective people, that are still there, that are still serving. And by and large, those churches that were were working with Compassion, that Compassion was working with and building into, they were the ones that stood up and said, you know, what? we don't want these kids just to fall back into poverty. We're going to be caring for them as well. And they were able to stand up and care for these children in large, uh, in, in very large degree, which is incredible. So we couldn't necessarily give the, the, the wealth... Of our nation and and support kids in in those countries but we could pray for them and we could be pouring into them we've been able to keep in contact with a lot of the pastors in these churches and and prayerfully one day we may be able to work in India again but the bottom line is the the hope for India isn't compassion or any organization it's the church it was the church in chapter in that verse in the last few verses there um, of chapter 1. And Paul talks about this several times, the church being the only hope for the world. But hear these words after I've said that. He says, I've never stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious uh, inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Amen. He talks about that power. I kind of skipped over these verses, but read this. He exerted this power, this mighty strength, when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but in the age to come. And then God placed all these things under his feet and appointed him, Christ, to be the head over the body, which is everything for the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. It's the church, guys, the demonstration of Christ's body on the earth. That's the real only hope for salvation. I've, I've had a privilege to be a missionary in Thailand. We lived in uh, Chiang Rai. Up in the Golden Triangle near Burma and Laos, and um, we worked with organizations that were rescuing women out of human trafficking. It was a really incredible, a great experience. Um, my wife and I we met kind of in missions, and that's how we met and married. And um, and so I had I've had a chance to go around and see a lot of different things. You know, a lot of different church groups, in certain senses, and some church, some groups that aren't church groups, but doing things. And I all that I can say. Still as a young person, I'm only 37, but the reality is I can promise you that money is not going to solve the problems of the world. The organization is not going to solve the problems of the world. It's only Jesus. He's the only hope that we ever have. And if we've ever needed hope more than ever, it's now. You know, we're pretty protected here in Australia, but the reality is COVID is ravaging the world around us and will probably for many, many years to come. Who knows when we'll be when we'll be able to travel to, um, you know, more of these impacted countries uh, again? But the reality is, it's it's because the church is there. It's the churches in these places. In some cases, you know, I know story after story where the church were the first one to come to their aid. The government wasn't there. They didn't show up. Um, you know, no one else is reaching out to these people. And it's the power of the church, it's the local body of Christ that reached out and cared for them. We know this even in church history, you know. Uh, one of the ways that the church became uh, this global phenomenon and grew, God used it, is through um, the plagues, right? We've heard the stories of these early days of when plagues came, um, kind of in the you know beginning of the Middle Ages, and people would flee the cities, somewhat as they might be even doing now. They would flee the cities, and a lot of times they didn't have like vaccinations and all this sort of things in early Roman days, so they would just leave the cities, and they'd abandoned all the people that were sick and, and uh, the sick and the dying, and it was Christians. They actually named them that because they were trying to make fun of them, little Christs, and it's actually stuck because that's what we are. We are little Christs. We're the only hope for the world. It was the Christians that came in and cared for these uh, that were sick or dying, and, and Christianity exploded, exploded. That's how Christianity went from 300 people around the end of ADN, 100 to over 3,000 people 100 years later. Um, it's crazy to see the impact. So look, I'm a, I like to think of myself as a relatively hopeful person, but I definitely don't put my hope in money. I don't put my hope in compassion. I don't put my hope in my car because my car can break down. Uh, don't put your hope in your family. Our hope is going to fall in any of these other places. Our only hope is in Christ. He's our only promise. And in the body of his people, we get to see demonstrated like, what does Christ look like in our, in our earth and what our community. And so that's the encouragement I would, would want to bring. And maybe a challenge of that, too, is how are you serving your church? How are you serving into what God's doing? You know, like I'm, I've am i been so blessed by Net and just hearing about you guys' ministry and what you guys have been doing here in this community and reaching out and just being that light. Um, is we kind of come to church and I'm probably speaking for myself you know I, I live in Newcastle so there's lots of churches and to be honest Christian, Christians can often think of churches as sort of this like consumeristic thing you know I'm just going to go and get what I want to get out of it but actually it's turning that around and saying you know actually the church is Christ's body God's calling me to be a part of his body somewhere where can I serve where can I can contribute where can I have skin in the game you know where can I care for the church as much as Christ cares for the church because he cares for the church, I promise you, he cares for the church. That's the heartbeat of Ephesians, Paul saying, "Hey, hear the heart." So, is um, it all right if I share one last story? Final, fun, little, somewhat fun story about the power of the church. And this is the heartbeat. A friend of mine at Compassion, he had a chance to visit his sponsor child in Thailand. He wasn't a Christian. He wasn't like didn't go to church. It was. It was. Um, his name was uh, Patty Corn. Was his kid's name? Uh, you guys remember a few years ago there was those kids that were in the cave in Thailand? Mm. So he was one of those kids. Um, and so, yeah, it was a, he, he from a poor family and poor community up in the northern parts of Thailand. It was just him and his dad. His mom had passed away and so my friend sponsored him. Uh, well, he, they sponsored him as a family because he was the same age as my friend's son and he was the same age as the dad so they had this sort of connection. So, a few years ago they had a chance to meet and, um, and they didn't go to church. And he they they said it was very sad. It was relatively recently after his mom had passed away. And they were in a very poor community. And um, it was a sad situation. And so my friend said, hey, look, I'm speaking at the church. They were there for that weekend or whatever. He said, I'm going to be at that church, the nearby church in the village. It would be great to see you there. You know, if you could come, it would be great to see you guys, you know, uh, do don't, don't, not necessarily go to church. would love for you to come. Didn't think much about it necessarily. And until that Sunday, he was actually... Stood up to preach, and through the middle, the back doors walked Patty Corn and his dad, and everybody in the whole church stood up and clapped, mm-hmm. um, which kind of sounds like it made them feel awkward, but it's a very socially acceptable way of welcoming, and uh, and it was a beautiful moment coming into church. So they sat down in the front pews, and my friend uh, preached a message on the uh, the the vine and the branches, John fifteen. Uh, and about in the middle of the sermon, Patty Corn gets up and runs out the middle. Runs down the middle aisle. Runs out in the back. He's thinking, "Oh, I've blown it." You know, here they are. The first time they come to the church, I'm boring them to tears. corn has gone. He's he's out. But he actually did, and he didn't notice it until he sat back down. But Patty Corn had actually gone out and pulled a branch down. There was a tree that had been grown was growing in the courtyard, and it was actually a fruit tree. And so on this branch was these different uh, fruit uh, parts of fruit and some local Thai fruit. And then my friend, uh, he brought it back as a gift to my friend. and gave it to him. He, said, he thought that was kind of funny. He said, well, he probably didn't hear much of the message or get much of the message, but he uh, he might've got the heart of it. I think he actually probably got more of the message than he realizes. But So that was 2018, a few years ago. Just before COVID, my friend was in Thailand again for a relatively short trip. They were, he was working with Compassion and he came through and he had a chance to visit the pastor. So it was like seeing you and Ed or seeing, you know, the, the pastor family. And the pastor said, oh, I wanted to tell you as well about the sponsor child, that child that was here and his dad. You know, after that service, I had a chance to go to their house and pray with him and both Patty Corn and his dad prayed to receive Jesus. How cool is that? And he says, now they're a part of the church. They're always at our church. Like every Sunday, they're at church doing stuff. And he showed a picture of uh, of uh, Patty, Corn had, Patty Corn's dad had just started a hair trimming business. It looked like something out of Something you could have in a garage, but it was like a full fledged business in Thailand. Obviously, it's going really well, um, and and it was it's such a picture. But the heartbeat uh, was, wow, this family had now been connected to the community of faith, and they were growing, and there was hope. And he showed a picture. He showed a picture of Patty Corn. It's actually one of the first pictures he had seen of Patty Corn actually smiling. And he said, "That is the hope. That for me is the heartbeat of compassion, because it's not about money, guys." It's not about development. It's not any good ideas. It's the church. It's the hope of the gospel. It's Christ's visible body on this earth. That's the only hope we have. So, I hope that's encouraging to you. I hope it challenges you well to get into Ephesians and, and plenty of other letters that Paul wrote. Paul wrote Ephesians, the letter to Ephesians, to this body of believers in the in the city of Ephesus. And it's an incredible encouragement um, that we have hope in Him. So... Hmm. Is it all right if I just close in prayer? Close in one prayer. Father, thank you so much for for us, for this gathered body of faith. And we have the privilege to journey with you. We're invited to be a part of your body on this earth. Father, I pray that even in the midst of this COVID season, when we're all sort of figuring out, well, what's this going to look like? How is, what's going to happen next? There's a lot of uncertainty. Father, I pray that we would care for the church the way that you do. Father, that we would we would take seriously the call to be a part of a local community. Wherever that is, whatever that might be to us, It's I don't know everyone's story. We all need to be faithful to that. But this recognition of, you know what? The church isn't just a good idea. It's your plan A. And there is no plan B. And you know what? It's the only hope for the world. What a privilege it is to be a part of hope to be a part of the winning team, to be a part of really um, not just the end of extreme poverty, but essentially even something bigger than that, which is your kingdom come. That's what we're a part of, Father. Whether we get to see that in our lifetime or not, Father, that's what we're a part of. That's what each one of us in this room are a part of. So I pray that we would just, uh, yeah, we would find it in our heart to center ourselves on serving you, serving your body, serving your kingdom, Father, we would we would be we would be seeking after you above everything else. You know, above the, all the different distractions that we have in our life that are there. It's a reality of our life. But you promise us when we put you first, all of these other things will be added. I pray that we would center ourselves in you, Father. Thank you so much for this community. Thank you so much for what you're doing through this body and others in the area as well of demonstrating your name. Father, the message of the cross going forward and the hope of the gospel. We love you. We praise you. We give this evening to you, Father. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys. Uh,
0: Thank you.